What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to break down my must-start and must-sit running backs for every matchup of Week 11 Fantasy Football. What we do in these videos, you guys know, we break down running back utilization, we break down expected opportunity, we break down the matchups themselves, everything you need to know to set your lineups for the running back position in fantasy football. Coming at you a day later than usual because we had the two-part trade targets videos today. If you guys are curious about playoff strength, the schedule, and all that good stuff for the running back position or the wide receiver position, you can check out those videos. The wide receiver starts and sits was yesterday from uh, Danny. So without further ado, as always, if you guys enjoy at any point, leave a like, subscribe to the channel if you're new around here. Let's get into it. All right, so here is the matchup chart for week 11. As you guys can see on the screen there, some of the more difficult matchups include Alvin Kamara, the Green Bay Packers running backs, Arizona's James Conner, uh, Damian Pierce, the Cowboys running backs, et cetera there. And then we also have some of the easiest matchups are the Washington running backs, Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson, Devin Singletary with an easy matchup as well, Isaiah Pacheco, Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, all that good stuff. So those are the more easy matchups. As far as bye weeks are concerned, we have some big names with Kenneth Walker and Travis Etienne on bye. And then we also have Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert with the Dolphins running backs, and Rashad White and Leonard Fournette in Tampa Bay. So definitely going to have to a little bit dig a little bit deeper here. But let's get into the first game here, which is the Panthers at Ravens. Ravens are 13-point favorites, um, 41.5 point over-under. The over is getting most of the steam at 56% of the money. I will not be reading that off for every team. So if you guys are listening to the podcast feed, go ahead and check it out on YouTube. In this game, you're going to be starting Deontay Foreman and then low-end flex either of the Ravens running backs only if you're desperate. So there's some big names on by this week, like I kind of just mentioned with Walker and the Bucks running backs and the Dolphins running backs and ETN. So if you have to throw in Kenyon Drake or Gus Edwards into your lineup, I think you could definitely do worse. If I had to pick one, I would choose Kenyon Drake because uh, Edwards is coming off of a hamstring injury. Hamstring injuries are kind of tricky. So I'd bet that Kenyon Drake is probably the guy that sees like a 55, 60% snap share and Edwards is more of like a touchdown or bust type of option. So if you have a choice, I would definitely go with Kenyon Drake. Deontay Foreman is also a fine start this week. He's been getting a high, high volume of carries in the Carolina offense, and he's been very productive with those carries. But the only issue that I have with Deontay Foreman going forward, as I talked about in the running back strength of schedule video, is that now we have Baker Mayfield, potentially maybe Sam Darnold gets mixed in at quarterback because P.J. Walker is dealing with a high ankle sprain. So the scoring opportunities might go down in this offense a little bit as a result of the quarterback play, because to be honest, P.J. Walker was the best quarterback that they had had so far this year. And they also played some easy matchups against the Falcons twice and a couple other teams there. So Deontay Foreman, a fine start this week, but I'm still looking to sell him high if I possibly can. So moving on to the Bears at Falcons in this game, 50 point over under 49 and a half. Over is getting a little bit of the steam right now. In this game, you're going to be starting David Montgomery and starting Cordero Patterson. David Montgomery is in a primo spot this week. It's a high over under game. Although I personally laid some cash on the under in this game, I still think a 50-point over-under is definitely you know representative of the game environment. David Montgomery has no Khalil Herbert in the backfield for the first time, you know, really since like 2020. He's definitely going to get, you know, that 80, 90% opportunity share that we've seen out of David Montgomery in recent years. He is a top 10 guy for me this week against the lowly Falcons defense that has pretty much been giving it up to the run the last couple of times they've allowed Deontay Foreman to go for two 100-yard games in the last three weeks. 
against them. David Montgomery is in a primo spot to smash this week. Cordero Patterson, also a great start in this game. I know he was really, really disappointing on Thursday night. Wasn't very involved in the offense. Only 38% of the snaps, 21% of the carries for the backfield. But it was only his second game back from IR. And he said before his first game back from IR that he was only about 90%. So it kind of makes sense to me when he came back from his first game that on a short week on Thursday night, they didn't give him a huge, huge workload and force him to, you know, re-injure himself because both of these run defenses are extremely soft. And I think Cordero Patterson is going to get back on track in this game. I think a lot of people are going to sit him just based on what he did last week. I think that is a big time mistake. You definitely want Cordero Patterson into your lineup this week. He is going to be just fine going forward. And if you guys can, I think he's a good buy low, especially for those of you guys in contending dynasty leagues because he's older. He doesn't come with a high price. So he's a guy that I think could be great down the stretch. Moving on to the Commanders at Texans, we have Damian Pierce and Antonio Gibson in this game as um, major starts for me. And then also Brian Robinson is a solid flex piece, even though this game is not very high over under 40 and a half points. We know that Damian Pierce is a workhorse running back. The Texans only being three point underdogs bodes pretty well for Damian Pierce as well, because typically the Texans are playing from behind in most of their games. But this week, it should be a little bit of a closer game. So he is a uh, fine top 15 play. His targets have slowed down a little bit, but he's still getting pretty much every carry that the Houston Texans give. And the two-minute drill snaps long down a distance, um, you know, kind of elude him a little bit to Rex Burkhead. But for the most part, any goal line opportunities, which he has not had in the last four games, should go to Damian Pierce as well. It looks like Antonio Gibson will remain a solid RB2 play for this week because J.D. McKissick is going to be out again. He's getting over 50% of the team's routes, and he's also getting mixed in about 50-50 with Brian Robinson on early downs. So, with Antonio Gibson, this is basically the role that we always wanted for him that he's currently getting. And he's had some tough matchups the past couple of weeks playing against the Eagles last week, for example. Uh, this game should be a lot easier against the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are not a good run defense. In fact, they are the single worst run defense, according to my matchup chart. So I really, really love Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson, for that matter, as you know, a solid RB2 and a flex play if you're in need with Brian Robinson. So we can move on to the Browns at Bills game. Seven and a half point favorites. This game actually got moved from Buffalo to Detroit. So uh, as a result of the weather, the Buffalo Bills would have had to play a massive snow game, but instead they're going to be playing indoors in Detroit, uh, Ford Field. So in this game, you're going to be starting Nick Chubb. You're going to be starting Devin Singletary. And I think you can also low-end flex Kareem Hunt if you're desperate. The Bills can be beat on the ground, which is a good news for the Browns because they love to run the ball. But the Bills, despite being one of the best pass defenses in the league, they're top five pass defense, according to my matchup chart for wide receivers, they're the 20th best run defense uh, for running backs. So they are very exploitable on the ground. And I expect the Browns and Nick Chubb to be able to establish it you know, early on and establish it hard like they always do. So Nick Chubb, you guys know what his workload is by now. He's like a 55% snap share type of running back on average, 53% on the season so far. He gets, you know, a majority of the carries, but he doesn't run a whole lot of routes, doesn't get a lot of targets, and he splits some goal line work here and there with Kareem Hunt. But he is a fine start this week, as is Devin Singletary on the other side of the ball. He is one of the most unsung workhorses out there. 71% of the snaps on the season with about half the carries and most of the routes. He's a guy that is always going to be elevated by the Buffalo Bills offense, always has scoring opportunities as a result. And he actually gets, you know, semi-decent amount of the inside the five work. 40%, I would say, is a win for, for Devin Singletary, knowing how much Josh Allen runs on the goal line and some of the bigger backs that they have there as well. So I love Devin Singletary as a great start this week. Both of these guys have great matchups. The Bills, like I said, 20th best against running backs, 31st are the Cleveland Browns. They are not good against running backs at all. So good news if you have any of those players. The Lions at Giants, the next game that we're going to talk about here, 45-point over-under in this one, the under catching some steam, but I actually think I like the over in this game. 
in this game, you're going to be starting Saquon Barkley. And I think both of the Lions running backs can be started as top 24 options. Now, DeAndre Swift is a big time elephant in the room right now because his snap share has not been very good. 54%, 16%, and 31% in recent weeks. But if we follow the timeline for DeAndre Swift, he thinks for starters, he told ESPN that he thinks his best football is ahead of him this year, which I think is probably a sign that he's a little bit healthier. But if we follow the timeline, week eight, he comes back from multiple injuries that he's been dealing with since week one. Dan Campbell said in week eight that he played too much. He played 54% of the snaps in week eight. They dial him back the last two games, 16% and 31%. That's a ramp up period that we're looking at right now. The Lions have been very, very cautious with DeAndre Swift. He just got off the injury report for the first time last week. I'm thinking we get Swift at like, you know, a 55% snap share guy. He's not going to be back to his full 70% type of workload that we get when he's fully healthy. But when they ramp him up fully, he's going to be a league winner, as I talked about in the running back strength, the schedule video. But I do think because we still have this risk surrounding DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams is still a fine play as well. Both of these guys are just inside my top 24. If I had to pick one, if I had both of them, I personally would start Swift. But if you know, you're know you a little bit nervous about starting Swift quite yet, I'm, I'm fine starting Jamal Williams instead. It's really all up to you and your risk tolerance. Saquon Barkley is a workhorse. We know what he gets. He's the 28th ranked defense against the Lions. Um, the Lions are terrible against fantasy running backs. So this one could be ugly for Saquon Barkley. I personally put some money down on him rushing for over 100 yards. Love Saquon Barkley this week, but we can move on to the next game, which I will not st- uh, spend very much time on because the Rams at Saints, 39 point over under the under 96% of the cash, including a bet by myself, sit Daryl Henderson in this game and start Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara has had some brutal matchups over the next couple games. He has the Rams this week and a couple other tough ones. The single most difficult schedule for running backs this week is Alvin Kamara. The Rams are one of the best run defenses in the league, but he is a pass catching back, so he should be just fine. The Rams side of things, the Cooper Cupless Rams offense is going to be a very, very ugly sight, in my opinion. It was already a bad offense, an unwatchable offense with Cooper Cup there. So now that he's out for the next couple of games and potentially the season, I don't want anything to do with the Los Angeles Rams. And that includes their running backs who have been awful this year. Daryl Henderson, you know, he's getting a solid workload. I would say 57% of the snaps last week, but he just can't do anything right now on the ground. Their line is getting no push. The running backs themselves are very inefficient. It's like a three-way timeshare between Daryl Henderson, Kyron Williams, who got involved last week and Cam Akers is still getting carries as well. So not a good situation overall. Sit all of the Rams running backs in this game. Moving on to the next game, we have the Eagles at Colts, 45 and a half point over under. The over is actually getting the steam right now. Jonathan Taylor and Miles Sanders are in your lineup. Without Hines, we saw what Jonathan Taylor can be now healthy, right? He was not on the the injury report coming into last week, and we saw absolute bell cow usage, 94% of the snaps, 91% of the team's routes, and that is very important. He also got all the long down and distance and two-minute drill work because since Naeem Hines has been in Indianapolis and now he got traded to the Buffalo Bills, he has never been a two-minute drill, long down and distance type of running back, Jonathan Taylor. Last week, everything broke right for him, right? The uh, the Colts offensive line played a lot better than they've been playing. And considering they're the highest paid offensive line in the league, you'd think that would probably be a given, but they haven't been playing well all year. Matt Ryan was back at quarterback and that improved the offense, number one. But number two, it also leads more targets up for grabs for Jonathan Taylor because he's an immobile quarterback who likes to check down a lot. So the Eagles are definitely a team that you can run against. I know they've been very good against the pass, but they can actually be ran on. And we saw that with Antonio Gibson on Monday night, even though they added Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Sue this past week to try and combat that. I really, really love Jonathan Taylor as a top back this week. Miles Sanders has also um, you know, been in another bad matchup. He had the commanders on Monday night who are a great run defense. He now has the Indianapolis Colts, who are great 
great run defense, but I still think given his workload, given the high powered nature of the Eagles offense, he should still be a back end RB two, no questions asked, but probably closer to the back end area of the RB two ranks 20 ish or so in my rankings right now. So we can move on to the next game. Jets at Patriots, another low over under total 38 points with the under catching some steam right now. In this game, you could start Ramondre Stevenson and you can flex Michael Carter. I would probably sit James Robinson. I wouldn't worry about starting him. But if you have a bunch of bye weeks like I talked about, I think you could do worse than starting a guy like James Robinson. I think this week is the week that we see the real Jets backfield. I think it's really going to materialize now that James Robinson has been there for a few weeks. They had their bye week. He's had some time to learn the playbook. I think we should see what the actual split we're expecting down the stretch is going to be. Michael Carter, I expect to be the lead back in this game and going forward as like a you know, 60% opportunity share type of dude. I have him in the back end RB2, high end RB3 range as a result. The Patriots are really good against the pass. They're a little bit more exploitable against the run, but they're still, relatively speaking, a very strong defense. So a tough matchup for Michael Carter in this one. Ramondre Stevenson is Ramondre Stevenson. He's getting an RB1 type workload. So he is in my lineup no matter what. The Jets, again, another tough defense for the run and the pass. So I think overall, the moral of the story is to just take the under in this game because neither quarterback is playing well and neither running back has a good matchup. So we can move on to the 4 p.m. games, getting off of the 1 p.m. games, moving to the Raiders at Broncos, another game that I really don't want anything to do with. 41 and a half point over under the under is catching a lot of steam right now. I, again, personally laid some money down on the under in this game, start Jacobs in this game and flex Melvin Gordon. Josh Jacobs has a great workload. You don't need to worry about his workload, but this game has underwritten all over it. And I think the Raiders struggles on offense combined with the strength of the Broncos defense. This one might be difficult for Josh Jacobs to hit unless he scores a touchdown in this game, in which case he'll be just fine. But uh, definitely in your lineup, regardless, given his workload, Melvin Gordon is getting a solid workload, uh, but he has been so inefficient and so unproductive that he's basically just a boring volume play RB3. And you basically have to hope that he finds the end zone, but he is getting, you know, about 55% of the team snaps, which is interesting considering Chase Edmonds joined the team last week. But overall, Melvin Gordon, not that interesting. So we can move on to the next game, which is the Bengals at Steelers. Another game with a low total, 40 and a half points, the under catching a lot of the steam in this one as well. Start Joe Mixon in this game and flex Najee Harris. Joe Mixon is in your lineup. It's a rough matchup now with the Pittsburgh Steelers, a much improved defense since TJ Watt has returned. And even still, they were a strong run defense to begin with. So I would not expect a ton of points in this game. Most of the steam is on the under. Like I said, Mixon doesn't typically perform well in games where the Bengals are not scoring a lot of points. Now that sounds very self-explanatory because any running back would perform poorly in games where their team is not scoring a lot of points, but specifically for Joe Mixon, because he's not very good at being efficient on his own, he needs to rely on touchdowns. So if we don't expect a lot of points in this game, it means that Joe Mixon's probably going to have a disappointing week, but regardless, he's in your lineup given his workload, which we've seen over the past couple of years even has been very strong. Moving on to the Najee side of things, he got spelled a lot more than usual by Jalen Warren last week. You can see typically Najee Harris has been around a 70% snap share guy, moved down to 60% last week, 51% of the rush attempts after 40% in week eight before the bye, and he uh, got out of the routes and he was taken off the field a lot more in passing situations as well in favor of Jalen Warren. The Bengals run defense is pretty stout. They're top 12 in DVOA, so I wouldn't expect very much from the Steelers ground game as well. I probably wouldn't start Jalen Warren. I think some people are going to throw him into their flex option um, for the bye weeks this week. I would probably imagine you guys have better options than that, but I suppose 
you could do a lot worse if you're completely screwed because of the bye weeks. But moving on to the only game that I really care about in this 4 p.m. window, which is the Cowboys at Vikings, 48 and a half point over under over is getting most of the steam in this one. You are starting Dalvin Cook and you're flexing both of the Cowboys running backs. Tony Pollard is likely going to be the lead back for the Cowboys this week because it's Zeke's first game back from a multi-week injury. He hasn't been playing since week seven. So I think Tony Pollard is a top 24 play. Zeke Elliott more so like a top 30 running back. So I don't think this is going to be the Tony Pollard show. He'll probably out snap and out carry Ezekiel Elliott, but probably not by much. We know that the Cowboys are loyal to Ezekiel Elliott. So I expect them to continue to use Ezekiel Elliott the way that we typically see. The Vikings are pretty strong against the run, but they are weak against the pass. So that could lead to goal line opportunities and the Cowboys just being able to move the ball in general. The Cowboys have been eaten alive recently on the other side of the ball by the Bears running backs uh, before their bye week and then the Packers running backs last week. So I think this is probably a good matchup uh, for Dalvin Cook. It doesn't initially look like a good matchup, but with the way the Cowboys have been playing the run, I think Dalvin Cook should be able to get it done in this one. Moving on to Sunday night football, which is the Chiefs at Chargers. It was actually flexed into Sunday night uh, in replacement of Bengals and Steelers. In this game, you're going to start Austin Eckler and you can start Isaiah Pacheco as well. Now, I haven't said that about Isaiah Pacheco to this point this season, but I have him at RB24 right now because his encouraging usage last week tells the entire story. He has an easy matchup this week against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. The Chargers right now are sitting at 28th in my matchup chart. They are terrible against the run. And Isaiah Pacheco led the backfield with 73% of the carries. He had a pretty good amount of routes as well, 37% compared to Jarek McKinnon's 46%. And he led the backfield in snaps. So I think what we're seeing post by rookie bump out of Isaiah Pacheco, he can be in your lineup as a solid flex option. Austin Eckler is Austin Eckler. We know what he can give you when he's in the lineup. He gets an absurd amount of targets, but I do think we could see that take a downtick a little bit, 26%, 21%, and 35% target shares the last three games that he's played. But again, that has come without Mike Williams on the field. It's come without Keenan Allen on the field. And we are expecting both of those guys to come back. And the Chiefs defense is a very easy matchup for him on the ground. So maybe they'll stick with him running the ball a little bit more than catching the ball with their receivers back. But we'll have to wait and see. But we can move on to the final game of the week, which is the 49ers at Cardinals, 43 and a half point over under the under catching most of the scheme right now. Start CMC and start James Conner. Very straightforward here with CMC. A lot of people are nervous about Elijah Mitchell because he ate into CMC's workload on the ground. We want Carolina CMC, right? Of course, if we had it anyway, we would want the 90% snap share gets all of the work, long down and distance, two-minute drill, goal line, receiving work, all that stuff that we love about Christian McCaffrey. But to be honest, it's probably a good thing that they're using two backs because Christian McCaffrey is still the same you know, injury-prone running back that everybody called him coming into the season. The fact that he's getting spelled a bit could lead to some higher efficiency. So it does downgrade him a little bit going forward, but he is still a superstar talent. He's still in a great scheme and a great offense. It's going to have a lot of scoring opportunities and an elite target share, wide, uh, basically wide receiver playing running back who will score very often in this offense. Arizona is 25th in my matchup chart against fantasy running backs. They are extremely, extremely exploitable on the ground. I expect the 49ers to win this one handedly. I put some money down on the uh, 49ers winning by eight or more, which is what the spread is right now. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is in your lineup no matter what. And I also think Elijah Mitchell is probably a solid low-end flex play. If you had to choose between guys like Ezekiel Elliott, Elijah Mitchell, Melvin Gordon, um, Kenyon Drake, for example, I would probably go with Elijah Mitchell in a matchup decision like that. With James Conner out of the... Er, and then finally, we have James Conner on the other side of the ball. He's getting bell cow usage right now in recent weeks, especially if Kyler Murray is not going to play in this game, which is still up in the air as of right now. 
Um, Colt McCoy and the Cardinals play calling pretty much anytime Kyler Murray's been out of the lineup, they've really, really relied on James Conner going back to last year. So I think even despite the tough matchup, the 49ers are one of the best matchups or one of the best run defenses in the league. James Conner has the third worst matchup. According to my matchup chart, he's still going to be great because he gets great workload and has the opportunity to punch one into the end zone. So that is the end of the video. If you guys enjoyed, as always, leave a like down below, subscribe to the channel. If you are new around here, leave any running back start set comments down below as well. If you guys want access to our private live streams, if you want access to dynasty decisions, if you want access to a tons of other great content, weekly rankings and all that good stuff, our Patreon is linked down below in the pinned comment. If you want to support us over there, but with that being said, peace out guys. And we'll talk to you soon.